Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Years ago, Paul Harvey told a story about a three-year-old boy who was at the grocery store with his mother. Before they went in, she was insistent and said, no chocolate chip cookies. So don't even ask. However, in the store, when she put him in the grocery cart, it all began. Mom, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? No, she said, I told you not to ask. Now be quiet. Down the aisle they went, Mom, Mom, what? Can I have some chocolate chip cookies? With a strong voice, she again stated, I told you not to ask. Now I'm telling you, you be quiet. I said, no. Finally arriving at the checkout lane, the little boy knew he had to do something. It was his last chance. So he stood up in the cart and he shouted as loud as he could, in the name of Jesus, may I have some chocolate chip cookies? Everyone around him laughed, you can imagine. In fact, some even applauded. And in response, the other shoppers pitched in. The little boy and his mother left with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Where did a little boy learn about the power of that name? Way to go, mom and dad. Where in the world did a little child learn if I lean on that name, something different might happen. How about you? I'm not going to preach a normal message in any great length. I just want to reminisce with you because we've been in a series called The Country Christmas, a flashback, if you would, from my past. I think many of you, if you grew up in the Midwest, last night we shared the Christmas story and sang some hymns because that's what I grew up with. We gave a little sack of goodies to all the children. Over 320 went out. Just so you know, people, they had to go buy 100 more to make sure that every child would get a bag. That was cool. I love it. And I love pastoring a church where a few weeks ago we put out some stockings. And in one weekend, every one of them went. So many people came up to me and said, hey, is there any more stockings? And I smiled and said, Merry Christmas. You snooze, you lose. No, I didn't. But but I said, that's it. And they simply and quickly said, make sure you include me next year. And every one of those stockings went to children. Something about a child, isn't there? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. But my question is, How about you? Because as we walk through the main characters of the Christmas story, Joseph, Mary, the shepherds, the wise men, the most significant one is a baby, people. Not an adult. Not a mature human as of yet. But a baby. A little child that would split history in two and probably... Why it makes sense that Jesus would say, if you want to come to heaven, you need to come to heaven as a child. But there's something that we lose as we grow in this 
world in which we live. And we quickly forget who we were, that we too once sat in a cart and asked our parents for cookies, if not, probably fruity pebbles. At least that's what I asked for. But when you see this baby, what goes through your mind? Let me help you a little bit. And I'm not saying with any disrespect, I'm telling you, these are absolute truths. The Muslims, for example, believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, just like us who claim to be Christians do. But they don't see him as a deity. They just simply see him as a great prophet. And they call him Issa ibn Marian, which means Jesus, the son of Mary, a great man, but nothing more than a prophet. Many Jews believe today when they see Jesus, he was a good teacher and a political performer, but nothing more. The Hindus see Jesus as a saint who reached the highest level of a God consciousness. The Buddhists see him as Bodhisattva, which means one who is perfectly enlightened, full of compassion, but that's it. Of course, in the movie Talladega Nights, race car driver Bobby, Ricky Bobby, saw him as an eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus. Hence, he prayed. But here's the deal. None of them, none of them saw him for who he was. The Christ, the Savior, Jesus. How about you? Listen, don't miss this. Because how you truly see him determines how you will receive him. Let me say it again. How you truly see him is how you will truly receive him. And I only can wonder if the state of our country is because there's a lot of talkers, but not a lot of walkers because how they see him. See, they came to Jesus hoping that somehow he would fix everything, at least the way that they wanted. That's why they give or serve in the way they do. They think somehow God will be impressed. They do what they do. They talk as they talk. They live as they live because they think that somehow they can earn points. And yet the Bible says there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do. What we deserve is hell. But God so loved the world that he gave us what you and I could not earn as a gift. How do you see him? It's those statements that I've heard over and over in all the years of ministry, which by the way, next August will be 40 years for me. It's been crazy. Thinking right out of high school, I started working with youth ministries and I never stopped being in the ministry. And over and over, I've heard people say, well, I tried that Jesus thing and I'll say what I've always said. No, you've never tried it because when you really try it, he will fulfill everything and more than you could ever imagine because that's his promise. How you receive him has a lot to do with how you truly see this baby. Let me quickly just say this. If you want to write these down on your phone or somewhere, you can. They're not going to be anything that I'm going to jump on. I'm pretty sure that you could memorize this. But the Bible tells us that this baby, Jesus, is a gift. Now, I have to start with that 
Because a gift is only really received when you understand how it's been given. For instance, if I came to you and said, listen, I have a gift for every one of you. I'd like to give you each a gift of $100 today when you leave. But if you take the gift, I'll expect you to be here for 52 weeks out of the year. I'll expect you to serve every weekend. And you'll stop and go, that's not a gift. That's a condition. See, a lot of people, when they come to Jesus, they think Jesus is a condition. And it's not. There's nothing good in Keith Loy, and there's nothing about Keith Loy that I can do to earn such a gift. God left his throne of glory and came to earth and gave me the greatest gift that I do not deserve. Folks, listen, no strings attached is where it begins. And you'd say, pastor, that doesn't make sense because if I really receive the gift, then there's things that I have to do. No, 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 no. When you really receive the gift, the Holy Spirit comes in you and you'll just start doing. The Bible says that. Paul says, listen, we love not because of ourselves. It's God within us that compels us. We do what we do, not because of who we are, because of who he is. He's indwelt in us. I can't help, Paul says, but to speak about the name of Jesus. I just can't help it. It's almost as if you try to sit quiet, the Holy Spirit's going, ah, ah, ah. It's like he has this cattle prod full of unbelievable electricity and he just keeps popping you. You know what I mean? You're just like, okay. The power of the Holy Spirit within us. Folks, it's a gift. Have you really received the gift or do you sit back going, I don't deserve this? Of course you don't. Let's just get it beyond the, on the truth and let's get beyond to something. No, none of us deserve it. The question is, will you receive it? Will you receive this gift? But there's another part that you need to get. It's not just a gift. This is a God gift. Amen to that? The six-year-old kids in their Sunday school class were reenacting the story of the birth of Jesus. And the teacher, just like the video, decided to let them stage it based upon their own ideas of what they'd heard. Certainly was interesting. They had three Marys, two Josephs, six shepherds, two wise guys, and one boy who played the cow. One boy decided he'd be the doctor. Someone's got to deliver it, right? So he went back when it was his time behind the manger, picked up the doll, and carefully wrapped it in a blanket. Then with a big smile on his face, he turned to the Marys and the Josephs and he said, congratulations, it's a God. <laughs> I love that. Not a baby boy. It's a God. It's God. Wrapped up in human skin. As Chris just read, the most perfect one set aside his royalty, his deity for a moment and wrapped himself in human skin to come to walk with us, to be with us, to show us that you and I can't live what we need to live, but he did. And he became the perfect gift and he set aside his Godhead and died a criminal's death on a cross for our sin. No wonder Paul says you and I need to think of others more important than ourselves. How does God do that, people? 
What a gift, right? What a gift. A God gift. But this baby was not just a gift, God's gift. Don't miss this. It was God's greatest of gifts. Now listen, church. When God gives us gifts, he gives us many good gifts. I always say there's more in my life to be thankful for than anything that I should be unthankful for. To complain as a follower of Jesus is absolutely ridiculous. If all I get is Jesus, y'all ready for this? Can it get better than that? If that's all I get, wow, that's a good deal, is it not? If I go through 80 some years of suffering and struggles and that, a scratch on an eternal line, but I get to enjoy forever with Jesus, that's a good deal. That's a really good deal. What a gift, God's gift, but the greatest of gifts. I think it's time we really receive it, don't you? I mean, that's the prophecy, the prophecy that Chris read. For a child has been born to us, a son has been given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. That's why I don't get all freaked out when I see who's leading this country and burdened by the fact. Because I've always said this, if Jesus Christ was the president, folks, this country wouldn't change unless its citizens submit to its authority. The problem isn't the White House. Let's start being honest. It's my house. It's your house. The government doesn't set the standard by which I live. Regardless of the laws that are passed, I've got a law bigger than that called the word of God. And on that rock, I will stand because the government rests on his shoulders. I don't say that to be defiant people. I'm just telling you, they can lock me up. They can beat me down, but they cannot take Jesus out of my life. And I'm not saying that that's how we, we, we become an army for God because the army of God is a God of love. We love people that think different than us. We love people that act different than us. We love people that choose different than us. So this isn't about battling because my enemy is not here, people. I have but one enemy and he's the devil. And I serve a God who overcame him. I serve the one victorious God. And so in him, I choose to live regardless of what happens in this world. This world is temporal. My relationship with God is eternal. And as to that, I want to foster and grow so I can be an agent of love in the world in which God placed me every day of my life. Why? Because of this gift, God's gift, the greatest of gifts. He will be called, the Bible says, look what he says, Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of who? Peace. He will reign over his father's throne, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on and for when? Forever. And there will be no end to his peace. I want to invite my daughter to the stage. with one of my favorite gifts. Now I got another one coming. Yeah. 
My goal was to hold her and sit here, and, but I think best for her health that I don't. But man, it's killing me because she's a whole lot better in my hands than hers. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, sweetie. I love this little package of joy. Oh, no, I love this little package of joy. Every one of you that told me being a grandpa is so much different. You're so right. You're so right. Oh, I love being a dad. And some of you have heard me say this, and it's a true statement. She'll agree with it. When we were in the hospital room and I first held her, I turned my back and I just looked at her. And then I turned around, and looked at Jaden. I said, you understand, you don't exist anymore. And she smiled and she said, I get it, Dad. I love this little girl. Oh, do I love her? And I'm pretty sure I could say I love her differently than every one of you. She's bone in my bone, she's flesh in my flesh. There's a part of me running through the veins of this little girl. But here's why I wanted to bring her up here. Because 2,000 years ago, this was Jesus. This was Jesus. There's a picture out that shows Mary holding the baby with a smile. Right next to it, my daughter sent me. It's another picture of Mary holding Jesus all bloody. What was it like for Mary? to know that she's holding the Son of God. To sit at that cross that day and watch the world disown him, brutally beat him. For the most part, outside of her and John and a few other ladies, prostitutes, he was alone. the way he started into this world in a manger with a handful of probably animals. A few shepherds showed up. The wise men weren't there that day. It was just Mary and Joseph and probably a few others because see, Mary would have never delivered that baby alone. And Joseph wouldn't have been in on the delivery for the most part because that would have been taboo for him being a man. She would have had some midwives to help. They were probably there, but they wouldn't have been counted. They were women that day. 2,000 years ago, this was the son of God. A helpless little baby that would cry, that would need to be changed, need to be fed, showing us what you and I are supposed to be, people. See, if he came in as a military, you know, supreme, just fell out of heaven as this incredible adult man, you and I probably wouldn't be in this room and the church probably wouldn't exist. Because how do we follow an example where the fallen God just comes out of heaven and is all that we would want him to be? Instead, he comes as a child saying, this is what I want you to be. I want you to let me hold you. Quit thinking that you know best. Quit thinking you know how to build a marriage and be a dad and be a mom. 
Quit thinking you know how to run a business. And you're sitting here right now, I do know how to run a business. You know how much I'm worth? Absolutely nothing, people. See, you you don't understand yet. The world might applaud, but God isn't applauding. God's never applauding about what you and I accomplish or think, and all of that will be taken away. The Bible says that every one of us will be like a refiner's fire, and all that we built will be burned away, the Bible says. And the question is, what will remain? The only thing that matters is as Jesus came, you and I are supposed to come. A helpless little child that needs to let the mother's side of God hold us, feed us, comfort us, bathe us. I always say that maturity in Christ is birth in reverse. Little Selah will grow. Next Christmas, we'll be chasing her around the house. Can't wait. But as she grows, she will eventually go off to school, fall in love. Oh, trust me, I'll be a part of who she falls in love with. See, I love Jesus, and I think sometimes people need to meet him maybe sooner than they think. (laughs) But she'll eventually build her own home, just like my daughter, Jaden, is building hers. But maturity in Christ is we come to him as adults. And if we're really mature, we look like this. Maturity in Christ is curling up to the breast of God sucking every little lifeless drop we can or life-filled drop we can. Staying safe in those arms. That's what maturity in Christ is. I know nothing other than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. That's why my dad would say, the older I get, the fewer the absolutes. Things just don't matter anymore. The only thing that matters is Jesus. Take one last look. 2,000 years ago, this was our Savior giving us an example of what we're supposed to be. Amen? I love Christmas. I love you. And I love you, little sailor. I think of those words in that little play. You're the best baby ever. Amen. Would you bow your heads? Father, what a gift we've been given. Unto us a child has been born. A son has been given. A baby. But everything rests upon him. His kingdom will never end. His peace forever and ever. The example of what we're supposed to be. A child come to heaven as a child. Children teach us so much. Their laughter, their love, their innocence. God, right now, I pray that everyone in their hearts is drawing close, crawling up on your lap, 
that they would picture themselves right now, a helpless child, crawling up, looking up at dad. And may they see the eyes looking back at them. Oh, my child, how I love you so. God, help us this Christmas to let go of what the world calls maturity, to let go of what the world says being an adult is. And today say, God, I want to be on a journey of being a child to never losing that, that I'm fully, totally, completely dependent on you. God, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray and everyone says, Church, look up here. I love you. Merry Christmas. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.